What's up everybody? This is Tanner from TanManBaseballFan.com on a very cold, cold for us uh, Texans anyway, uh, Sunday morning. 28 degrees. We uh, actually uh, just dropped off my son to church for his uh, little band practice there. And man, let me tell you something. I am uh, very glad I heated up the car uh, to start off up with because uh, it is it is cold. Uh, yeah, 28 degrees here. So it's... it's uh, it's not typical Texas weather, as for sure. So, but uh, anyway, so of course, this cold weather uh, kicks my brain into thinking about you guessed it, baseball cards. So, um, I wanted to talk a little bit today about uh, the different kind of styles of collecting. One thing that kind of kept in my uh, uh, my mind was, uh, or I've been thinking about, is uh, is really kind of uh, the different paths that we take and. Maybe a little bit even why we take them. I don't know. We'll we'll see where this goes. Um, but I'm I uh, I was thinking of uh, a uh, collecting friend of mine uh, named Dustin. I haven't talked to him for a while, but I noticed on Facebook that he's now engaged. Uh, so congratulations to you there, Dustin and Dustin's fiance, whoever whoever you are. I'm sure you're listening to this also out there. <laughs> and uh, anyways, for those of you all who uh, know Dustin, you might not know him by name other than uh, the Andre Dawson guy. He is a uh, super collector of Andre Dawson. And to be honest with you, I'm not even sure if he really is actively pursuing any more Dawson cards. I'm just not sure. I haven't really heard too terribly much from him through social media. Um, but we'll we'll go back and we'll talk about like how, uh, uh, you know, how he was collecting back from wherever I was talking to him more. Uh, so this is, it's pretty amazing what Dustin had accumulated. So he's definitely a, a different breed when it comes to his collection. And I'm sure there's probably a lot of you all out there that are similar. Uh, so for me personally, when it came to Canseco, um, I wanted one of everything, you know? And so it was still, I still had that everything component. Like I wanted everything, but I just wanted one of everything. Dustin was different. He wanted everything of everything. So, do <clears throat> you have uh, like 1988 Donruss Andre Dawson, for for instance? He would have like a 5,000 count box full of them. Um, in fact, I think that his total count of Andre Dawson cards was, if I remember correctly, I could be completely wrong. I I think it was like a little over 150,000. So 150,000 guys, like, so the number of, uh, of Canseco cards, the, uh, unique Canseco cards I had, I think was somewhere around a little over 5,000 or so, if I remember correctly. Um, so 150,000 plus of the same player is unfathomable to me. Um, not that the number itself is because I, I, you know, I, you know, sling, 150,000 cards fairly regularly when it comes to buying and selling. I know what it looks like. I know the quantity. I've got 150,000 or so in my, in my garage right now. It's a, it's a number of, of, uh, of, you know, 5,000 count boxes, 3,200 count boxes, uh, long boxes. And, uh, and of course the shoe box size, uh, boxes and that sort of thing. So I know what the quantity is. I'm actually very well versed in that. It's uh, it does take a good amount of real estate up. I mean, there's a there's a chunk of unusable 
uh, space in our garage now because of that. Uh, Hollywood probably like for me to get rid of, which by the way, I'll probably move them pretty soon. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not that it's an unfathomable number of cards. It, to me though, it's an unfathomable number of cards of a single player, you know, and really to think about it, which is kind of funny when you think of like, uh, a lot of the junk wax era, um, uh, cards like 87 Tops, 88 Donruss, 89 Fleer, 90 Upper Deck, all those. Uh, a lot of those cards have been rumored to have a print run of between 1 and 5 million of each card. So, you think, uh, for instance, a single 88 Donruss uh, Andre Dawson, if you think a 5,000 count box with just Dawson is nuts, and it is, by the way, like beyond nuts. That's just a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of the entire production run, um, which, you know, that's, that's crazy also. So I guess, you know, the question is though, like what would make a collector want to get every single card or to just keep getting multiples, even though you know that you're not going to be able to get all of them ever, uh, of, you know, a single type of card? Is it to fan out the you know, a thousand different, um, of the same card or, you know, like, what is it? Like, is it just something that, is it like the, uh, what was that movie? It was uh, called Conspiracy Theory, I think, with Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts, where Mel Gibson's character had to buy every copy of Catcher in the Rye that he saw for some reason. I don't remember why or, or, you know, what the, what the reason was behind it, but I do remember that he, uh, he felt compelled to for one reason or another. Uh, and so, you know, I don't know, I think really kind of when I came back to collecting myself uh, and started buying and selling collections and that sort of thing, uh, whenever I came across the Canseco or pile of Canseco's, I would, I would grab them and I would take them and put them in my closet and say, okay, one day I'm gonna, uh, I'm going to really kind of sit down and, and make something of this. I'm going to do up a checklist and I'm going to see what I have and what I don't have. And I'm going to keep, you know, stockpiling away all these Consecos. I'm going to have this amazingly magnificent Conseco collection when all is said and done. All I have to do is organize. And so what I did was after buying and selling a number of collections, I said, you know, I'm actually going to start looking at my, at my Conseco collection now. This is before I came a, you know, quote unquote, Conseco Super Collector, right? And so I look at it and I start organizing. I go, man, there's no refractors in here. How can I not have run into any refractors or first day issues from Stadium Club uh, or any of these other, like, you know, specialized type of parallels? It's like 50, uh, 91 tops. Uh, or maybe a hundred of them or something, but no like desert, desert Shield cards of his. Uh, you know, maybe there's a, you know, four or five 93 finest, but not even a single 94 finest in there, uh, refractor or anything, you know? And, and so it quickly uh, made me realize that if I want to get serious about this, I've got to get intentional um, about what I'm looking to buy. And so, my sense is that, you know, by the way, Dustin was like way more advanced than me uh, back then when I was collecting because he was, he wasn't just stockpiling all the Dawson's. I'm sure he was 
I'm sure he was stockpiling them and being intentional with his uh, purchases of the super rare cards, no doubt uh, in my mind. But there's a lot of these collectors out there that we just, uh, you know, stockpile what we what we find. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. It was it was fun to be able to watch this like growing war chest of Conseco cards, even though none of them were really worth anything. I mean, we're talking. I came to this realization probably in 2013, where I go, man, there's nothing really in here that's really worth anything. Um, but you know, but then you, you uh, the progression that I made was, huh? Well, if none of these are really like quote unquote special, uh, what am I doing with them? And do I really want to go out and, and do this thing right? So from there, you know, I kind of took aim in creating a checklist and trying to do something super meaningful with my collection. So what that meant for me was, of course, you know, try to get one of every single uh, uh, card of Consegos that there was out there. And so keep in mind, when I was doing this, uh, you know, I knew that there were one of ones that you couldn't, all, you couldn't get all of them, especially because there were other Conseco collectors out there that were willing to pay some good money on some cards. But, you know, I was kind of naive a little bit, I would say, in, in this. But not only that, keep in mind, 2014 is really kind of probably when I started super collecting Conseco. 2014 for Conseco collectors was wildly different than 2022. Uh, 2014 is really when uh, Tops kind of broke the uh, the silence on Conseco uh, production cards. So they, uh, Panini was was uh, Panini and Leaf both. They were starting to uh, uh, create Conseco cards again, um, which you know a lot of Conseco collectors were excited about. But Tops had not created a licensed uh, Conseco card for years at that point. You know, so this was kind of like really a dead spot for licensed cards. So it was like after he wrote his book, his tell-all book, it's almost as if the uh, card companies blackballed him or something is what it felt like. I, there, I could be wrong completely on that, by the way. Like it, that might not have happened. They, Jose might have said, I don't want to do it. I don't want any cards created me. I don't know. So I'm not sure exactly what happened. Um, but in any event, uh, the, uh, the cards just uh, weren't really created from for the most part from 2000, uh, there are a few sprinkled in here and in there from 2006 to 2013, but you know, licensed, just not many of them. Uh, unlicensed, you know, Panini and Leaf, 2000, they had some for 2011, 12, 13, but uh, you know, that was really kind of about it. Uh, so now with the glut of new cards that come out of his, not just of the base cards or whatever, but of the one of ones, the add twos, the threes, the fours. Uh, Leaf is particularly ruthless with their uh, with their serial numbering too, because they'll have some where where it literally is. Okay, here's the rainbow. We have a one of one, add two, add three, add four, add five, add seven, add nine, add ten, or something. Yeah, well, come on, that's almost impossible for somebody to to get all of those. <laughs> you know, so. So, and that's just for like one type, one specific product. And then you have all of what Leaf does, for instance, is the, uh, you know, pre-production proof one of ones or something. I mean, you know, so it gets a little nutty. And so, and they've done this sort of thing, you know, Leaf, Panini, and Tops, they all have like these multiple, multiple, multiples of one of ones uh, 
out there that they've been producing for really the past eight plus years. So it's a big difference now. You, you simply can't, and there's no reason why anybody should. But the mindset that a lot of people have is they say, well, man, I want to try to get everything. So they start sinking you know, an unreasonable amount of money in all of these cards. And, uh, and so you have like this illusion of, and not really illusion because these cards are special for sure. But when you think of one of ones, a one of one really isn't a one of one anymore in the way that it was a decade ago. You know, like they, they make one of one parallels of pretty much everything now. Whereas back then, you know, they didn't really all that much. So, and you know, I, I get it, they did like 2005, was was a boom for a lot of different one of ones and you know so they had some but it just wasn't anything like it is now um and so uh you know i think it's probably a good idea to you know kind of set parameters and set a collecting style if that makes sense uh now maybe that means that you collect uh you know your 5088 donris uh, andre dawson's and you keep building it i you know, I think it's kind of it's kind of fun to know as as an outsider looking in. You know, kind of fun to be able to see something like that, right? So there's, I have nothing against people that like to collect that way. Um, but you know, the question is, uh, you know, do you want to collect that way? Is that is that by design or is that something that you're just stockpiling? And again, nothing is wrong with it either way. But if it is something that you find yourself just stockpiling away cards for you know with no rhyme or reason this might be a good chance a good opportunity for you to kind of stop and look at your collection and say is this really the direction i want to go and if it is great if it's not though you could start really kind of putting all of your collection on the on the diamond cutting table and say okay what do i want to get rid of what direction do i want to take this thing and then you can use the money by that you have uh, that you get from selling your uh, cards that you don't really care about, and put it into cards that you really do care about. And uh, I think I brought this up before. This is actually uh, kind of what sparked my you know comic book interest for a little bit. Is that there's the show uh, that was on for probably oh man I don't know maybe ten years ago now. Uh, this uh, this this comic collector he loved his his comic books he was he loved him he loved him so much but they're all uh, uh, I think it's called a uh, copper age or something but they're a lot of them just were not really valuable at all there's it was a uh, kind of like a junk wax era for comic books <laughs> as well you know and uh, it was uh, it was something that his collection was filled with but his apartment was filled with them and so his fiance lived with them and she was not feeling the whole comic book thing, guys. Like, she just did not like this. So, she enlisted the help of this, uh, you know, quote-unquote professional that came in. And so, they televised it. And, you know, they said, listen, you know, you don't really have any valuable uh, comic books here. And he goes, but yeah, but I love them so much. I've got the run of this, that, and the other. I'm working backwards. I'll get the more expensive ones later. And, uh, you know, so a lot of them were just really not worth all that much. And so, they said, well... Let me ask you something. What if we brought all of these comic books in? Will you please uh, consider bringing them to a shop and having them like buy them off of you or something? And the guy was like, "Are you insane? No, I I love this." And his fiance was like, "I'm 
sick and tired of tripping over these long boxes that are uh, all over our, our kitchen and bathroom and you know dining room and that sort of thing and bedroom and all this. And so he finally says, okay, fine. So he takes half of his collection, which was huge. It was a massive collection. And you know the, uh, the dealer said, you know, listen, I'm not really interested in buying them for whatever you want to uh, sell them for. However, what I can do is I will go ahead and uh, trade you a single copy of Hulk 181, which is Wolf's, uh, Wolf, I've <laughs> been watching too much American Gladiators recently, uh, which is Wolverine's first appearance. And the guy goes, huh, that's interesting. He goes back and forth and starts thinking about it. And he's like, you know, I'll do it. So he start, he trades thousands of comic books, thousands of them for a single copy of the Incredible Hulk 181. And I don't know if you've tracked the uh, the value of that of that comic book, guys, but like, it is legitimately, that was legitimately a fantastic deal for him because the Hulk 181 actually exploded in price over the past decade and has done really, really, really well. And it was a big book back then, but now it's a big, big, big book uh, to have right now. So, uh, and I can guarantee you well, I guess I can't guarantee you, but I'm almost certain that this guy is much happier to have this single book, the the, sing, the single meaningful book of Hulk 181, the first appearance of Wolverine, more so than the thousands and thousands of comic books that he can really get at any point. You know, there's there's really not a, a concern to uh, that he won't be able to get like you know an X Men copy of a of a comic that was you know, create in the early nineties or something. There's tons of them out there. So, and you know, so that's kind of how I do my own collection. Now also, when I think about it, if there's a card that I uh, know that I can pretty easily get at any you know point in time, generally speaking, I don't really have a copy of it. Um, at least when it comes to the, to the Conseco stuff. Now there are some cards out there um, that are readily available and uh that I would like to have a copy of like for instance like an 87 Fleer Barry Bonds or 90 score rookie and traded Frank Thomas they're not really um you know expensive cards uh and they can be had at any given time so I, I would like to get some of those eventually again um but when it comes to like the Conseco cards like 88 Donruss or 89 Upper Deck uh, 91 tops. Like I just don't have those anymore. And I think a lot of it is because I know that there's so many millions of them out there that they'll just filter through again, <laughs> whenever I pick up collections, like they'll just be there. So there's not really a, a desire to actually, you know, pick those up. But when it comes to that energy that I might have in picking up those, I actually put that energy into picking up cards. I really, um, want they're really rare and, and as a result i found out that i'm uh much more uh excited about having those cards so as i've said before i've got probably 200 canseco cards in my collection and uh and that's it you know so there's a lot of people that think that i have thousands and thousands no i have about 200 or so now the 200 or so that i have i'm like super excited about and i love them to death um and, you know, there's, there's a bunch of them there on my shelf that I can look at like literally every single day. Like I just love looking at these cards and, uh, you know, so 
you know, another thing that comes along with that way of collecting is whenever you have a mail day uh, and you get a single card that comes in, it's exciting. You know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's exciting. Uh, I'm trying to compare this back to what it was years ago when I was trying to get everything. I would get like three, four, five packages a day. And it was like, eh, you know, there's no excitement really there. I mean, I would get some one of ones. I was like, eh, okay, no big deal. Now, if I get a one of one, I know it's special. It's a special one of one. It's not just a plain run of the mill one of one. I go, yeah, I love this. I think this is so cool. I love it so much. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of the fun thing uh, about collecting as well. Is you can kind of uh, fine tune not only your collecting, but your collecting habits. So you can figure out exactly what gets you most excited and stay in that zone, if that makes sense. Um, so anyways, but yeah, there's so many different ways of, of collecting. Like, and we've talked about this before, right? Like you can, you could do the doubles and triples and quadruples, or, you know, one thing that you could do as well is you could actually, uh, there's a couple of things that I thought was kind of fun. Number one, you can, uh, you know, maybe collect a number of the same card, like think about having, uh, you know, uh, 792 different, um, well, not different, but of the same 1987 tops, uh, you know, Ruben Sierra card or Rafael Pimero and take a factory set box and put all of them in there. I thought that would be kind of a fun idea. I think I've talked about that before. Um, and do that with like a different run of, of sets. So that'd be kind of a fun project. Um, and also gives you like an end also, right? So, uh, so Dustin, if you're listening, that might be a fun thing for you to do as well. I bet you could probably make a, a billion and a half different sets with your Dawson collection out there. But, um, another thing that would be kind of fun. I've, I've heard some people do this before as well. Um, and I know that I've done this, uh, to some extent, <clears throat> and it's kind of fun to be able to do this as well is taking a binder and, you know, you could probably do like, uh, you know, instead of 792 Raphael Palmero, for instance, you could do a page worth of just nine Raphael Palmero. And maybe you could do that for all of the, you know, players that you like from 87 tops or whatever. So nine Bo Jackson, nine Will Clark, nine Barry Bonds, uh, you know, so, and if you do, if you do that, that would be kind of fun to look through um, in a, in a binder. So you can have fun with having multiples as well. It's just, it depends on if that's what you want to do. Um, of course you have the, the six sick people out there that want to do this with getting the entire run of something. So if they want to get like the uh, cards that are out of numbered out of 10, they want to get all 10 copies, which <laughs> you know, more power to you <laughs> if you want to do that. Uh, but uh, anyways, you know, I, I would, I would recommend trying to possibly, you know, save some of those for the other collectors out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, but anyways, there's people out there that do that sort of thing. And, uh, but it is extra painful when you have nine of the 10 and, you know, that one extra copy is just out there and, and you can't get it because somebody decides they want to keep it or something, you know? So, so that's kind of frustrating. We don't want to have that kind of frustration in our collections, but, uh, but anyway, so those are just a few thoughts. Um, I think one other thing, and I might talk about this later, uh, cause I know I've talked about it before as well, uh, is, is the display component of your collection. Um, this is one thing that I've noticed that is helped me tremendously in terms of, uh, you know, kind of curbing the feel for gotta have it all, or I've got to add more and more and more is displaying the collection. So when your collection 
is, uh, well, so first of all, there's a couple of ways to look at this. When your collection is, uh, is away in a closet or, you know, in a safe or something, I'm not going to discourage that by the way, but, uh, something that happens, I think is either your cards are upside out of mind and you just think about like, you know, Oh, I want to add more to it. And, and cause you feel like you're not really satisfied. Well, for me, at least what I found is when I have my collection displayed, um, I don't have that feeling of, I've got to get more, got to get more, got to get more. I think, wow, look at what I do have. And this is really cool stuff. And I love looking at it. And I actually start thinking like, huh, do I really have space for anymore? You know, and so it actually does kind of like a little bit of a different thing than, you know, when they're all in boxes and everything. So, um, you know, that might be one thing, thing that you consider. Now, if you do have, you know, valuable cards out, I, I certainly am not going to discourage you from, you know, having them in a safe or, you know, at the bank or something. But one thing that you want to make sure that you do is you have them in, uh, you have them insured for sure. You know, there's a place called collectinsure.com that you might want to check out. That's uh, that's a good uh, place for insurance for your collection. Um, but in any event, regardless, I think that displaying is a phenomenal way of, you know, kind of satisfying that got to have it all curb. So, um, anyways, I hope, uh, hope you all enjoyed this. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to, uh, email me tanmanbaseballfan at gmail.com. I'll be happy to answer anything I can. Thanks. Have a great day.